Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. All right, well, welcome one more time. Uh, uh, so like I said, my name's Chris. I'm our Connections Pastor here, and I have the privilege of talking to everyone here today. Uh, I gotta say, uh, that's a good-looking crowd we got here. Y'all, y'all, y'all did some effort this morning. Y'all, y'all a good-looking crowd. Uh, look to your neighbor, tell them, hey, you look good today. There you go, there you go. Some of y'all I helped get points, the other ones I just creeped out, but that's cool with that. No, I'm cool with that. Hey, let me start out today by asking you a question. Has there ever been at any point in your life or anything you were doing that you wish you could have a redo? A redo? Some of y'all wish you could redo this morning, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I remember when I think about a redo, I, I think about all these things, uh, I think about all these things that, that I could go uh, and redo or, or the things that I did. And one of the ones that sticks out to me the most is if, okay, so I'm, I'm in my early 30s. If you're my ballpark age, maybe a little older or younger, you might remember playing Duck Hunt on the original Nintendo when you were a kid. Anybody remember that? You know, they're coming back, so some people are playing it now, right? They're, they're bringing back out that stuff. I remember, didn't matter that my brother or sister were waiting their turn. If, if I messed up and I didn't hit the ducks, and that stupid little dog, y'all remember the dog, right? Okay, he was the bane of our existence when we were kids. He would pop up, ha, ha. I would jump up and go hit the reset button on the Nintendo. Didn't even matter that maybe one of my siblings was waiting on their turn. I was starting over. I was sick of that dog, okay? And, and y'all know what I'm talking about because you've tried to shoot the dog. You can't shoot the dog. But listen, uh, maybe you're here and you're thinking, you know, uh, well, well, we're about to start next year. And maybe you got your New Year's resolutions or something like that. Maybe you're thinking, you know, well, I'm going to start going to the gym. And, you know, uh, me and the group of guys that I work out with in the morning, we, we were laughing because we're about to, like, we went from, you know, the last week of the year, there's like nobody in there. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter what time of day either. But you go in there and there's nobody in there. And then the first week of the year, you get the January joiners. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. That's when the place is just packed and you got to wait all day to do anything. Okay. But it's cool because if we can survive until February, they'll disappear. So um, the, gym, the gym loves those people. But, but, but maybe, maybe, maybe you've planned like a diet, like I'm going to eat clean this year. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to have more fish in my diet. Look, Krispy Kreme does not sell clean food. You cannot start the Krispy Kreme diet, okay? If you're going to start a diet, you know, work in your cheats, but you can't have Krispy Kreme every night and tell the rest of the world on Facebook that you've gone vegan or something, okay? You just can't do that, okay? Some of y'all laugh because you're convicted right now. Look, maybe, 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 maybe you're in school. Maybe you're in high school. Uh, maybe you're in college, and you're thinking, uh, I would give anything if I could just redo this semester that we just finished, right? Right? Some of y'all might have to redo this semester we just finished, but that's okay. That's okay. That, that's okay. So uh, I, when I was first putting together today's message, I was like, you know, it felt pretty presumptuous on my part to give you a way to make 2018 count. Like, like I could just give each and every one of you in here today this perfect plan and 2018 is going to be the best year of your life. But then I thought about it, you know, God's already given us a way to make each and every day, each and every year count. 
We just have to follow the guidelines that he gave us in his word. So we're going to do that today. But before we do, I'm going to ask a question. So uh, here's the question, but don't answer it right away. So not your current job, not your current job, but, but I want you to think about how long, how many years you were at your last job, okay? Just think about how many years you were at your last job. If you don't have a job, that's fine. You can say zero. I'm good with that. Whatever it is. So on the count of three, everybody just yell out your number. Ready? One, two, three. All right. That was adorable. Um, what I heard out of all that was 4.5. You might say, well, Chris, that sounds oddly specific. Where do you come up with 4.5? Well, here's the thing. That is the amount of years that the average American spends in a career or, or maybe even in a job before getting a promotion or leaving that field or company altogether. Four and a half years. Now, if you were born before 1980, that probably sounds like barely even enough time to get your feet wet in a profession before leaving to go do something else, right? Okay, but if you were born in 80 and on, four and a half years to you might sound like an eternity. It might sound like a long time to do the same thing without moving up or moving on. Whatever the case, wherever you're at on, on those, because the, the, the numbers are strikingly different on, on how many years people spend. The average American spends four and a half years. So I would say that it's safe to say that part of the American dream has become the ability and the opportunity to start over, right? We can have a redo, you know, be it, be it a, a new relationship, uh, a, new, a new class, uh, a new grade, a new school, a new profession, a new baby, whatever the case, you have the opportunity to start over. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. I want to tell you a little bit about me and my start over. So uh, for the better part of 15 years, I was in logistics. Okay, now two things. Most of y'all are probably thinking, you don't look old enough to work anywhere for 15 years. Well, thank you very much for your kindness. I appreciate that. The second half of you... Um, I got nothing for you. So, um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here was my redo, right? So logistics is a fancy way of saying trucking company, all right, uh, or, or warehousing, whatever you want to call it, okay? But I was in logistics from the time I was old enough to have, like, a full-time job until just a couple years ago. And so, uh, it, you know, everything was about numbers and, and dollars and cents and productivity, and, and, that, and that was my field. Well, a couple years ago, I finally gave in to God's call on my life. I became a pastor here. I'm very thankful for you as a church accepting me and allowing me to fulfill that, uh, uh, that, that purpose that God had for my life, uh, as well as Pastor Jeff and his wife, Rhonda, giving me an opportunity to do that. And not just that, but be here and talk to you. But I will tell you this. It was scary. It was scary. I was terrified. Okay? Because here's the thing. Numbers don't lie. People do. Right? So you go from a job where everything is cold, hard facts, dollars and cents, numbers and productivity. So all of a sudden, uh, in, this, in, this, in this ministry, this field, this career where people's lives are on the line, people's family members needing to make life change, relationships need to be put back together, kids need to be raised a certain way, all these things. People with addiction problems, depression problems, all these things came at one time. People with financial problems, right? all these things. And I, that's a scary thing to go from working with numbers that never lie to people. That's a huge thing. Um, it's a big responsibility, but I was able to take that and start over. Now I've been doing it for a couple of years. And again, thank you for accepting me as one of our pastors here. Thank you for that because I've had the best couple of years of my life. It's amazing. Sometimes we can do a redo, and if we follow a certain plan, it becomes 
pretty awesome. But uh, I want to introduce you to somebody. This is my son, Christian, these handsome devils that are coming up here on the screen. Yeah, yeah. You can see he got his shiny blonde hair from me, right? So um, this is us a few months ago. This is his first time getting to ride in go-karts, and we had a blast. But I'm going to tell you a story uh, involving him that, well, it's a redo. It's exactly what we're talking about. So he and I, we like, we, we like to play together and play video games sometimes and, and those kind of things. But have any of you guys ever tried to put together a Lego set with a, a seven-year-old? Okay, now some of y'all are grown and you're like, I don't even have kids, but I put together Legos all the time. We'll pray for you, but that's okay. That's okay. But listen, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, kind of. But, but we do these things, and, and, and so we put these things together, and I remember there was this one time. Well, first, you remember I said how starting over can be scary? Have you ever stepped on one of these things in the middle of the night? I hear it is akin to childbirth. I have no idea, but that's what I hear. This is the worst pain in the world, okay? But, but here's the thing. So this is what it sounds like sometimes when you're starting over and you got all the pieces and maybe you didn't put them together. But you hear this? All right, well, these go together to make this next picture that I want to share with you. That's right, everybody. We're starting the church off this year with Wookiees and Star Wars, and it's going to be great. But look, that's the finished product. But that's not what you got right here right? Okay, so here's, the, here's what, what Christian and I did. We put this thing together, and, and it wasn't this exact one, but we put this thing together, and, and it took us hours, okay? And we didn't look at the instruction. We're, man, we don't do that. But anyway, we put this thing together, and nothing looked the way that it looked on the box. Got the blasters pointing the wrong direction. The tires are on the front and the back instead of the sides. Nothing was done right, and we get so mad and frustrated, we just start kind of tossing Legos, and we're mad, and nothing came out the right way, and my wonderful, beautiful angel of a wife leans in the doorway to his bedroom, and she says, well, didn't you look at the instructions? So I did what any upstanding man would have done in that, and I lied. I said, yeah, of course we of course we looked at the directions, honey. So she leaves the room and we look at the instructions and we put it together the right way. Where we made our biggest mistake, though, and maybe you've done this with different things in your life, where we made our biggest mistake is we, we put the thing together with the foundation backward. Now you imagine, uh, maybe that doesn't matter so much in a, in a house, but, but, but imagine anything in life, like your car even. You, know, you, you put anything together backward and the most important piece that holds everything else together is backward it's not going to look the way that it does on the box whatever aspect of your life that is if you if you start to build with a backward or 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 a bad a poorly thought out foundation it's never going to look the way that you want it to so had i just read the instructions read the plan that was already put in my lap, we could, have, uh, we, we could have done a lot more a lot faster. And, and if you're thinking, you know, well, Chris, did you ask forgiveness for lying? Yes. Yes, I'm sure at some point I have, and several times since then, I'm sure. But look, I want to give you today some instructions that if you follow them, and maybe you don't need to take every step that we're going to talk about today, but if you follow them, I will guarantee you that we'll start 2018 with a better foundation and we'll have a better finished product so that we can make this year count. Does that sound good? You agree? Amen? All right. So 
There was a prophet in the Old Testament. His name was Jeremiah, okay? Not the bullfrog, the prophet. There was a, a prophet named Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was kind of known as the weeping prophet. So he cried all the time, right? Doesn't really sound like somebody you want to be friends with. He's like, he's just Debbie Downer's coming over here. We don't want to listen to these prophecies. But Jeremiah wrote one thing in the book of Lamentations of all places that, that was powerful and bold and exciting and exhilarating. And so I want to end our year and begin our next one with this. Lamentations 3, 22, 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. When you don't necessarily put things together the right way, aren't you thankful that God's faithfulness is great and it's renewed every morning? We get to do that. Maybe tomorrow morning is, is, is the big day for you. But we could start today. We don't have to wait. You don't got to be like all the, the New Year's resolutioners. We can start some of these things today. And that's what my hope is. Number one, I'm going to get you to write this down. The first way we do this, number one, is make my time with God a priority. Make my time with God a priority. James 5.16 tells us this. Uh, the prayer of a what? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now I would ask, don't you want, when you pray, don't you want that to be powerful and effective? You don't want to just say words for the sake of saying words, right? You want to see stuff happen. You want to see results. You want God to move on your behalf, to, to fix this problem at work, to fix this problem at school, to fix this problem in your family, whatever it is. You want that prayer to be powerful and effective. Now, I would say this, you know, around the holidays, you know, we've just passed Thanksgiving and Christmas, and most of us, like, certain smells made us think about a different time in life, right? Have you ever been there, like, you'd be walking through a store or something, and you smell something that just takes you back to childhood? You know, it just it takes you back in a magical way. Well, I have this happen. Um, certain smells remind me of my childhood, and they remind me specifically of my grandmother, my mom's mom, okay? Now, this woman was an absolute superhero, okay? absolute superhero and and her superpower was cooking and so when we get around the holidays you know you notice that okay well if this smell isn't here and she's gone on to be with the lord so you're like oh i'm missing that but 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 when you do smell those things they take you back to those times and i'm gonna tell you what was so great about my grandmother's superpower is that no matter what kind of family dispute family drama nothing like that was going on when her food was put on the table we all shut up and ate it got real quiet, maybe because we had food in our mouth or maybe because there, there was this magical power, okay? But, but I do, I truly believe that her superpower was cooking. And, and beyond that, though, she had a second superpower. Her second superpower was prayer. I'm telling you, mountains trembled when this woman prayed. When she hit her knees, even, in, even as old as she was when, when she passed away and, and as, as poor health as she was when she passed away and she was frail and, and all these things were attacking her body and her mind, even then, as frail as she was on this earth, she was a unstoppable force in the spiritual world, okay? She was an absolute juggernaut. Nothing could stop this woman's prayers. I remember being a kid, she would have these things, uh, 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 she would have like prayer day, right? Or a women's prayer group. They would meet at our house. And, and I, don't, I don't know about you, maybe it was just my house, but, but in our house, we had, uh, we had a den and a living room. Does anybody remember back when that was the thing, right? You got a den and a living room. Okay, 
And in the house I grew up in, you could go in and play with your toys and watch TV and absolutely destroy the den. But you weren't allowed to even look at the furniture in the living room. Because who was the living room for? Company. Company. Whether you ever had company or not, that living room was for company, right? And that's the way it was at my house. But once a week, she would have this, this group of women, and they would come in, and they, they were all from the church we were in at that time. And they would kneel down all around the room, all around the furniture, and, and they would pray. And I'm telling you, people were healed. Miracles happened. Uh, people were delivered from things because of those women's prayers. It was amazing. Uh, there could be nobody else in the house. And my grandmother, you, you would hear her praying. Sometimes everybody else could be outside the house and it's night and everybody's about to go to their house or whatever. And you could hear it, it, ironically, I guess you could say, you know, she was religious about it. I mean, she, she prayed, she talked to God like she was talking to her best friend, but she spoke with reverence. And, and I can't tell you how much trouble I feel like I got out of or avoided entirely in my life because she prayed for me. It's amazing. There's power in prayer. Amen. There's power in prayer. Now, y'all hear the way you just said amen. Let's keep that up. Okay, those are fun. All right. So, uh, matter of fact, I want to tell you something. We believe that there's going to be some absolute uh, 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 miracles, some miraculous things, some powerful things happen in the lives of our, the people in our church. Because in a few weeks, and there'll be more information as, as we get closer. But we're going to start, we're going to kick the year off with our time of prayer and fasting. We're going to have a devotional handed out in a couple of weeks. And on Saturdays, we're going to come together for one hour and we're going to pray. I'm telling you, if you will commit to this or to be there as much as you can, when, you, when the information comes out, I'm telling you, we are going to see lives changed in this church. We're going to see lives changed in our community. We're going to see people overcome addictions. We're going to see God move in a mighty way because there is power in the prayer of a righteous person. But prayer is only part of the equation. Prayer is only part of this equation of, of getting serious with our relationship with God. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, this is what he wrote. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. See, that's the part we don't like, right? But, but it's used to, uh, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, maybe you hear that and you're thinking, well, that's easy for Paul to say. He was a preacher. He didn't have any problems. Paul wrote that from prison. And not a prison like today, not like what we think of. Okay, these were, this is, this is before prisons had cable and DVR, okay? This is back when there was just like a hole in the ground with some rocks over the top and you went in there and that's where you stayed. That's where, but, but from all of that, what Paul, the one thing Paul wanted to express more than anything is that if, if we get the word of God in our life, if we get it inside of us, we're going to see powerful changes on the outside of us. So I want to encourage you, uh, and maybe you're here, you know, you know what the number one excuse is for people that say, you know, well, I just, I don't have time to read the Bible. I would love to, I don't, don't have time to read the Bible. That's, that's the number one excuse among believers for why we don't have time. Let me tell you something. Did you know that you can pick up a tablet, a phone, uh, the internet, anything like that? You have access to the Bible no matter where you are, and half of them will read it to you. Half of them will read it to you. You can even get some of the cool ones where, where they, make, they make the Bible sound like a movie from Lord of the Rings and now you hear swords clashing and everything and it's exciting. But here's the thing. Did you know that if you had 12 minutes a day and read at the speed 
An average reading speed, which by the way is on a third grade level. If you can read as good as a third grader, in 12 minutes a day, you'll read the Bible in a year. If you commute, okay, everybody lives around Henry County knows all about commuting and traffic and, and the nightmare. If, if you commute, if you're in the car 48 minutes a day, you can, have the, you, you can get the Bible into you four times a year. And for everybody that doesn't commute, pause Netflix. It has a button. It's the two like this. You just pause it for a minute, 12 minutes. You can find 12 minutes, right? We can all do that. Prayer and Bible are so often treated like a spare tire in the trunk of the car that we just pull out when we got a flat in an emergency. But they're not. They're stuff that we get access to the Almighty God, the creator of all things, every moment of every day. And if we just make that a priority and recognize those times that we have, I believe we'll be on the way to making 2018 count. Amen? All right, number two. Number two, write this down. Number two, take my next step. Take my next step. This next verse that's on your outline is from James 2.17. I have this on the wall in my office. Uh, some of you may have seen it. Uh, but it's just paraphrased. I and mean, this is what it says. Faith without action is dead. Faith without action is dead. See, it's easy for me to say, well, I believe in God and I have this wonderful relationship with God. But then when all my problems hit, I try to fix it all myself without even asking for his help. Right? Faith without action is dead. This is what I love so much about our impact team here at SCC. These are all of the wonderful volunteers that, if you don't know already, that you've seen them in the parking lot. Maybe they handed you a program. Maybe they came up here and they led you in worship. Or they're back there controlling the sound and lights. Or they're back there working with your kids. Or upstairs working with kids. Wherever they are, this is our impact team. And they are putting their faith into practice right now. And it's beautiful. And we are so thankful for each and every one of you. And I want to say again, thank you for such a great year. And I look forward to another year working with you. Because of you, our church is a better place. And we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much. Jesus speaking in John 14. This is what Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you're like, okay, well, I want to take a next step. Well, maybe your first step is your next step. Maybe you're here today and you don't have that relationship with Jesus. You, you haven't asked him into your life. You haven't asked the Holy Spirit to guide your, your thoughts and actions and, and, and every minute to minute of your life. Maybe you need to make the most important decision of your life today. There's a prayer in your program. It's at the bottom of the second page if you got it opened up. And, and it's just a prayer to become a Christ follower. And if that's you today, if, if your next step is really your first step, then I thank God for you. And I want to encourage you, when you, if you pray that today and you say, okay, I want to take my first step, I'm just going to ask you to check the box on the back of your connection card that says you did because I want to pray for you and send you some stuff to help you in your faith, to help you start out. You know, maybe you're thinking, well, I don't want to be the only one checking this box. I feel weird about it. You're not. We got something to celebrate, church. Over 310 people this year have given their lives to Jesus Christ at Stockbridge Community Church. It's amazing. That's amazing. 310 people have crossed over from death to life and they know what it's really like to truly live. And it's because of you. It's because you're such a wonderful group of people to be around, that people feel open and they feel, that they feel comfortable enough to make those decisions because of you. So thank you. 
In Acts 2, 38, this is Peter speaking. Peter says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what he's doing here is he's giving us our second step. Maybe you have asked Jesus into your life. Maybe you did that today. Well, cool. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what your second step is. Peter says your second step is to go public with your faith. Your faith is internal, and now you're taking it to the external. You're telling the whole world, and this is what baptism is if you're not sure. Baptism is signifying. Okay, you say I'm wearing a wedding band? When I wear this, I'm, I, I'm, I'm showing people that this is my status. This is what I am. When you get baptized, you're going public with your faith and showing your status to the world. It's saying, I'm not ashamed that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I'm thankful for him and I'm living for him. That's what baptism is. And so if that's you, or you know what, maybe, maybe you've done it, but it was 20 something years ago and it was a photo op for your parents and you didn't really know what it was. Maybe that's you today and you need to take that next step. We're going to offer that three times next month. And that next step's also on the back of your card. And, and we'll send you some information. Maybe you just want to know what, what, how we do baptism. Check the box. We'll send you some information. We'll talk to you about it. So now, so, so we've talked about getting serious and, and making your relationship with God a priority. We've talked about taking your next step, uh, uh, be it salvation, be it baptism. So I want to share with you the third and last thing now. Number three, be a part of a church family. Be a part of a church family. I would say for, for anyone who's here and you're thinking, you know, maybe you're new here or haven't been here for a while, you're just thinking, well, Chris, you just want everybody to, to, to become a member of this church family. And while that would be cool, it's not realistic. We're not a church for everybody. The churches around us are not a church for everybody. I believe there's all kinds of churches in the world because there's all kinds of people in the world and it takes a different church to reach each and every one. So if you're thinking that I want you to take that next step for us, no, 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 no. I want you to take that next step for you. Whatever church it is, it doesn't have to be here. But here's what's cool. I want to tell you something that I learned uh, from one of my closest friends. This man named Danny Dorsey, you may be familiar with him. He stands about right here and leads worship almost every Sunday here at SEC. His wife is our, our family ministry, Pastor Chesney. They, they are two of my favorite people. But I learned one of the most valuable lessons in the world from Danny. Several, several years ago, there was kind of some issues kind of broiling around the church and a few people got upset and they left and, and that's fine. That's fine. I want to say that now. That's fine. But there was a couple people that they had kind of some nasty things to say about some folks here in the church. And I'm just going to be honest. That's what happened. But you know what? That, has that never happened in your family? Okay. It's normal for that to happen in a family. So here's the thing though. Danny got, like you could just tell his face changed. I mean, he was he, he was visibly upset. He was angry. He was visibly upset and angry. And, and I didn't understand why at this point in my life, I, I couldn't understand why he was so upset. And so I just asked him and he's like, man, th they're not just talking about a group of people. You say something bad about the church, you're saying something bad about my family. I mean, he internalized that. He truly did. The church, this church is his family. I've embraced that. This church is my family. If you're here today and you're a part of SCC, we're family. Better or worse, like it or not, we're family. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to have arguments, but we're family. And I will get just as angry if somebody says something about you as Danny did. It's family because, see, it's family that you can disagree with but still love, right? Not right? 
Okay. It's family that you can disagree with and still love. It's family that, that you can go to all-out war with and still love. But when nobody else in the world is there to support you at your weakest moments, your family will be. When, when, you're, when you're flesh and blood family, maybe they won't be or they can't be. And this happened in my life, okay? When, when your family either isn't there to support you or doesn't want to support you or physically can't be there to support you, your family here is going to be there to support you. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of example about this. Um, at my lowest, okay, uh, my wife had just given birth to, to our son Christian. I've told the story before. I'm not going to tell the whole thing. But she just, uh, she had some complications. So she's in ICU on one floor. He's a tiny, uh, he was a tiny uh, um, uh, little baby. I can't think of the word right now. But he was, <laughs> somebody knows. But anyway, so he was premature. There we go. He was premature. He was on, he was in the, uh, the NICU for babies on a different floor. And for two weeks, I lived in a hospital not knowing if I was about to live the rest of my life as a single parent with no idea how to raise a kid. People were there for me. My family was there for me, a lot of members of my family, but when they couldn't be there, this is what I, what I learned. My family was there the whole time. You know who came to the hospital and spent the most time with us? It was people who were in my group, my, my small group. Okay, We call them SEC groups. Some churches call them small groups, but, but those people were there. And then it was kind of like, and then I realized I, I caught myself being upset because I didn't feel like my church was there. But my church was there, but I was so close to these people that I considered them my family. So I was like, well, my family's here, but where's my church? My church was my family. And, and you know, I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. They say you can't choose your family. They say you can't choose your family. You've heard that probably your whole life. Uh, uh, but I disagree. The Bible disagrees. I chose my family. Here's the cool thing. My family here was my family. But, okay, you're not my church family because I'm a pastor here. Okay, this is the cool thing. I only became a pastor here because of my family here. If it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for the family here in this church, I would have never felt, uh, I, I would have never had a place to, to feel God moving in my life and to move me to where I needed to be. Thank you. That's for you. Thank you. It's amazing how your life can change when, when you realize the true concept of a church isn't a building, it's a family. So much changes, that's a game changer. I want to tell you a little bit about, uh, and, I, and I hope you'll join me, this is the next step that I want, to, I want to give you, it's on your card, but we're going to do a thing here at SCC, it's called Super Saturday, okay? So whether, you, whether you're a member here, which we don't really use the word member, but just so you know what I'm talking about, okay? But, but whether you've been here for 20 years and you, you said, well, I've taken all the purpose classes. Great. I want you here for this day. Maybe you're here and you say, well, well I don't know. I, I don't even know if I want to become a, a member of a church, but, but what is the church all about? I want you to come for this day. And here's why. We're doing a completely different uh, a track, a completely different set. It, it's going to be different. It's not the same purpose classes that we've been doing for years. This is brand new. It's revised. It's modernized. It's updated. And here's what it's designed to do. Okay, instead of doing the class one week and then the next week and the next week or the next month and the next month, we're doing it all in one day. We're going to have a meal here. We're going to have child care. We're going to feed the kids. We're going to give away door prizes just to make sure you stay for the whole day. And here's why I say that. Every hour, the prizes get better. Who, who can't get on board with that? And we're going to do it all in one day. And at the end of it, if you decide I want to be a member of this church family, 
then you, you sign up and you start serving on one of the teams and you meet people and you have a ball. If at the end of it, you say, you know, I'm not sure, then that's fine. We'll see you next Sunday and we'll keep doing church like we always do. But I want you there because, again, you can't follow Jesus standing still. You have to take next steps. So regardless of where you're at, I want to encourage you to take that step. Sign up to be here. It's going to be a great day. And you, I promise you, I absolutely promise you, you won't regret it. I'm going to kind of end with this today. Back in Acts 2, they give us a, you know, if you think, well, you know, maybe you say, well, you know, the church didn't always view itself as a family. I disagree. Because I'm about to describe to you what happens in most families around the holidays. This is the original picture of the church. This is the original picture. Matter of fact, it was the original church. This is the game plan. They worship together at the temple each day. That's what we're doing right now. We're worshiping together. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper. For anybody that says, well, well small groups or SCC groups, you know, the, this isn't the way I grew up in church. Well, it's the way they did it in the very first church. They met in homes. They weren't scared to put their life out there for other people to embrace and to know. And neither should we. But they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals. Church people love to eat, so it works great. Shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And get this last part, okay? Because they did these things, because they embraced what it meant to be a family, look what God did to honor them. And each day, the Lord added, it doesn't say each year, each month, each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's what the church is all about. Change lives. Maybe you have a, a son or a daughter and, and, and they're, they're living outside of the way that you hoped for them. Maybe they're still here. But if we can make these steps in our lives, we believe it's going to influence other people to take steps in their life in a positive way. So that we won't be the only ones that receive an opportunity for a better life, but we can give that to other people. Maybe it's your coworkers, your boss, your, your son, your daughter, your grandchild. We want to be here. We, we, we want to be here and be a church where they can come into and learn from your example. Not by something awesome that, that somebody from the stage said, but by your example. And, and so I want to tell you, if you don't hear anything else I say today, church, if this is the only thing that I say that, that you'll remember days and days and weeks from now, remember this. Take a next step. That's how we grow. That's how we're stretched. That's how we become who God created us to be. We take a next step. Maybe your next step is to read the Bible. Maybe your next step is to pray a little bit more. Maybe your next step is to come back next week for our new series that we're kicking off. Maybe your next step is to ask Jesus into your heart. Maybe your next step is to be baptized. Wherever you are in your life, you have a next step. And I want to challenge you to take that. And in doing so, I truly believe we can make 2018 count. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the absolute privilege to speak to your people today. God, thank you for the absolute honor of being a part of this family. God, I, I thank you for so many amazing things and, and, and the over 310 people that gave their lives to you this year at SCC. God, I, I pray that the rest of our church is equipped and will continue to grow in our faith so that we can help those people grow in their faith and we can ultimately change our community. God, I thank you more than anything 
for the opportunity to have a redo because if we didn't have that opportunity, we'd not a single one of us would be here today. God, we love you and we give you all the praise. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.